Hey, uh, welcome to my Substack podcast. This is actually the first time I'm doing it on Substack. You can find my Against Nice podcast lots of places. But I'm, I'm experimenting a little bit because, by the way, thank you for joining my Substack. I have had a, an explosion of subscribers on Substack. And I, I want you to comment because I want to think about, yeah, I'm going to ask you for money. I want to think about how I can do subscriptions. I'm still going to put out a lot of free content because I've got hundreds and hundreds of subscribers that have been coming in recently. And and I want to give you what you've come to expect or hear about from my sub stack. But um, I'm going to also kind of experiment putting out a few podcasts like this one. And so give me some comments. Let me know. If you might be interested in subscribing, if you were asked to, if I put out some subscriber content, some free content, would you be willing to help us out? And by the way, you can subscribe right now. Um, and please do so. I'd very much appreciate it. I'm going to have a link here in this post to give you a chance just to contribute to what I'm doing here. It, it takes a lot of time. I'm busy with a lot of things, and I would certainly appreciate your support of what I'm doing. If if you can't do that right now or, or you're not ready to, that's fine. I want you to participate with me and kind of hang out here on my Substack. But if you can support me, boy, I'd greatly appreciate it. It really helps me out, and I want to thank you in advance for it. And and I'm going to give you an option to give as much as you feel like you'd like to give if if this is something you'd like to do. But again, if, if you're not ready to subscribe yet, great. I'm going to have content for you, and I appreciate your interest in what I have to say and my perspective. Now, I'm going to share with you in this podcast an interview I did on Tuesday with the guys at Steak for Breakfast. Uh, we talked about the impeachment process that's going on, uh, what are the implications of Kevin McCarthy uh, moving along from Speaker. They share right in the beginning a quote from Kevin McCarthy before they lead in to their interview with me. And you want to hear that quote. It's quite interesting. But we talk about that. Uh, We hit a little bit upon uh, Zelensky uh, coming in, asking for Ukraine funding and uh, how that kind of fits together. Uh, Steak for breakfast, uh, Roan and his guys have me on there because having worked on Capitol Hill for eight years as a chief of staff, I, I, I still stay connected there and doing various things. And so, you know, they like to get my insights and I'm always glad to give it to them. It's always an inter- interesting interview. I think you're going to like this one. And again, I want to thank all my new subscribers on the Substack. It means a lot to me. I hope you enjoy the content that I put out and always leave your comments. Let me know what you're thinking. You can do that in the Substack app or online. If you're uh, going to Substack on your web browser, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. Ask questions. Give me ideas for future content. And I'm glad to do it for you. So real quick, you're going to hear a quick clip of Kevin McCarthy, an interview of him. Then uh, Roan from Steak for Breakfast will come in and introduce me and then we'll have our discussion. And I just want to remind you, go to locategym.com if you'd like to follow anything else that I do. And with that, here's that clip from Kevin McCarthy and then the Steak for Breakfast podcast. 
Speaker Johnson, so far is he a deer in the headlights or doing a decent job? This is a very hard job. <laughs> you know, if I, if I was the best to give advice, I'd still be in it. Um, and, and to be fair to Speaker Johnson, he, he didn't have the years before to plan. He wasn't the majority leader. He wasn't the minority leader. He, he's doing fine. And he, it's like anything else, 10,000 hours, you improve at your job. I, I think the best advice I could give to him, you're the Speaker of the House. Do not, do not govern in the idea that you're afraid somebody's going to make a motion to vacate. When I made the decision to pay our troops and not shut down, I knew they were going to make a motion to vacate on me. I didn't even know the Democrats would go along with it. But what I did know is I had been in that room before. I had watched what had failed. And I knew at that moment that when I thought before I ran for office, you'd always tell yourself, would you do what you think was right? Would you literally risk your job and do it? You say you would, but when you came to that moment, I hope history writes that I actually did what I said I would do before I ever got elected when that moment came. And I would do it all again. Because I hope others would look at that and do the exact same thing. It was right. That was former Speaker of the House as we're getting ready to jump into our news portion of the show today. It was great sitting down with Congressman Ogles getting things started as well. And that was former Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, who over the course of the last week or so has really been making his plight as the worst Speaker mm. of the House of all time. Uh, we got a special guest who's going to be joining us as well to get things started on the show. He is a conservative consultant, former chief of staff, Capitol Hill. No one better to be doing Capitol Hill Roundup with us than Mr. Jim Paff. Welcome back to the show. Hey, glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, there's been a lot of uh, audio coming out and video on Kevin McCarthy lately. I mean, Jim, nobody probably tracks the way Capitol Hill is moving and shuffling as much as you do, having worked for there for so long and in so many different facets. But here's the thing. You know, last week it was Kevin McCarthy saying he looks at the Democrat Party and to him that looks like America. Uh, a few days later, he was at a speaking event and said, you know, when I was the Speaker of the House and I was in charge of the money on how things were going, if I felt during primary season that there was someone that didn't meet the criteria, I would have to, and he went without saying the exact words, but essentially interfere with their race to make sure they became a disenfranchised candidate and therefore wouldn't make it to the general election. He then would segue and go on to say they've hired more minorities and women and appointed people to you know, uh, some of these committees and stuff than any other speaker, which is neither here nor there. It should always be the best candidate who's looking to represent first their district, then the country. But, you know, and now you hear this is it's like, oh, this is such a hard job and you can't bend the knee when essentially that's what it looked like he did for an overwhelming majority of the 10 months that he wielded the speaker gavel. So for someone who's, who tracks this as hard as you do and you see how Kevin McCarthy has kind of melted down, we could also throw in there the fact that shortly after he lost the gavel. He was going around telling everybody that he believes Matt Gates belongs in jail or expelled from Congress like George Santos, who was removed without a actual di disposition from a real court in regards to his cases. Uh, how do you think Kevin McCarthy's behavior is gonna be, has been? And moving forward, you know, he's opened up the window by leaving at Christmas time six months earlier to be able to lobby against people. Uh, what do you think the future looks like for him? Well, he is going to be spending next year working uh, to take out <laughs> – anyone that he feels like that he wants to take out. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy leaving as speaker represents a break from, uh, and, and I mean a break is in breaking something, a clean break from what had become really horrible 
in the Republican Party in Washington, D.C. And and the, the whole Boehner, uh, Ryan McCarthy wing, the so-called, uh, what did they call um, the, uh, well, anyway. I, the I, young I, guns. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole young guns thing. Listen, that was a farce from the beginning. The, the young guns themselves are all making buttloads of money. Um, Canner's a multimillionaire. Ryan is a multimillionaire sitting on the board of Fox News make a lot of money there too. It, it listen, the, these guys had no sense of what the American people wanted. And they constantly told uh, members of Congress that came up there that to ignore, literally to ignore what the American people said. When I first went up there to work for Tim Hill's camp in 2010, I mean, he, he constantly had people in leadership telling him that you got to take the tough votes. That wasn't the tough votes to say, well, you know what? We got to get rid of this unconstitutional program, and that's going to have a negative consequence potentially. No, 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 no. They want all the unconstitutional D.C. swamp stuff, and you have to vote against your constituents. That was literally what they were asking for. So McCarthy off the scene is a break from that mindset that had, frankly, really begun after the first 100 days of Newt Gingrich's speakership uh, back in 1994. It's a – or 95, actually. It's a good break. I, I Johnson's still there's a lot of mess right now with Johnson and we'll talk about some of that I'm sure nonetheless I think it does actually represent something a little bit new and then we'll see how it goes from here if we got to be real critical of it no and then you know one of the things we've tried to explain to our listenership and we have so many congressmen and women come on the show especially since the motion to vacate we, we talk about the fact that you know, the, the Republican Party as in its entirety is going through some major growing pains right now. Everything from the type of candidate that changed back in 2015 when Donald Trump rose to the top and eventually took the White House, all the way down to the people who don't always make it to the general election, but the ones that have made it to Congress, have made it to the Senate, are governors across the country right now. It's definitely a shift. It's not something that can happen overnight. You can't fix it with the flip of a light switch. And I think at the most part, for it sucks because it's in a digital age and people want results immediately, but it's going to take some time. Don't you agree? There is an inertia, a Titanic-like, and I use that uh, analogy purposefully, there's a Titanic-like inertia in Washington, D.C. In fact, and let's be honest, we've already hit the iceberg. We're at 33, almost 30, going to be $35 trillion of debt very soon here. And it's an insurmountable amount of debt. It's way, I like, we're going to be at 130% of gross domestic product anytime soon in a non-war period. It's crazy. So the the trying to move this ship is going to be very, very hard from here. Uh, we're going to go ha have to get rescued somehow, and that's going to mean doing some serious policy. I don't know yet if Mike Johnson's the guy to really fully get us there, but the the problem that he's got ahead of him is huge. But by the way, I want on, there's one other issue. Like I, I, I give a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of credit to Kevin McCarthy. One of the things he talked about in that ish, in that interview was in terms of looking like America is trying to get women and and black folks elected on the Republican side. Listen, that that goal is good, but the problem is not even Kim McCarthy quite knows how to do it. The it, Donald Trump has done the best job of connecting into the African American community of any major Republican out there for years and he does it honestly truthful. I talked to friends of mine, both Democrat and Republican black folks who believe it's sincere and some of them that even dislike him 
So th- that that change needs to happen. Kevin McCarthy was never the guy. It's still a goal that we need to have, and we'll see how it happens. But the Republican Party sucks at that. They need to change. But overall, that that's not the number one goal. It's an important goal. But the number one goal is to change the trajectory in Washington, D.C., and Republicans are always scared to death to do it because they're not willing to take a stand. Yeah, one of the things they're going to be having to take a stand on this week is the continuation of the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry, which is going to the House floor for a vote tomorrow. We've had quite a bit of people on the show recently who said they're all for it. They they like the process that Mike Johnson is putting everyone through regarding this, making sure all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. Before they move it to a formal vote, they'd like to present all of the evidence, including the depositions and open committee testimony of people like Hunter Biden, who is supposed to be up on Capitol Hill this week as well. I saw Byron Donalds was on Charlie Kirk's show yesterday commentating on this. Let's check it out. So what we're going to do this week is that we are going to have the vote on the floor. I think Wednesday for the impeachment inquiry. And this is important because we have three DOJ officials and one White House official who are ignoring congressional subpoenas. I mean, Charlie, look, take a step back. If you had three DOJ officials and a White House official under President Trump ignoring congressional subpoenas, the world would be over. The media would lose their minds. That's happening under Joe Biden. The media says nothing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to hold our impeachment inquiry vote. We have brought significant amounts of information to all of our members to review we believe that vote is going to pass this week. So you're going to have a formal impeachment inquiry of the House. It's going to allow us to enforce those subpoenas. Um, and then we're going to get the final information that we need. So it's pretty interesting to see how that's been going. Probably not as fast as many you know, would like it to go. But at the same time, we harped for so long that Nancy Pelosi just essentially created out of thin air impeachments against Donald Trump's for things that were just fantasy and then brought them to the House floor for a formal vote without any kind of inquiry, with a lot of hearsay, with no real testimony or evidence. And it seems like Republicans are trying to play the long game in this. I don't know how it's going to serve moving into this election cycle, but what do you guys think? Well, listen, uh, Adam Schiff lied. We did impeachment on Donald Trump twice. Because of a lie and also because of uh, fear that people put in related to January 6th. So everything was absurd. It was never effective. It didn't get there. It's not likely that a House impeachment will uh, lead to a conviction in the Senate. The votes are just not there. But the substance is much stronger. Now, you're going to have Democrats like uh, James McGovern did today in the rules committee hearing on the issue where he gave kind of the blah 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 speech of the twice impeached trump and the highly cooperative biden administration (laughs) and the mega extremists in congress that want to move this forward because they're trying to whatever it's a bunch of bullcrap you're going to get on the democrat side on the republican side of this with the impeachment for the very reasons that byron donald stated is why you don't have overwhelming evidence yet. But that doesn't mean the evidence isn't really strong. No less than Jonathan Turley, who, who's never been a Republican nope. and is not a conservative. He's a, he's a brilliant jurist, a lawyer, but he's not a uh, any conservative at all. And, and, and Democrats hate him because he actually goes to facts. So here's what he said in his article today about this whole issue. He made the statement that since... He testified in September. Millions of dollars, they, they know now that millions of dollars were raised in what it definitely looks like, even to him, as corrupt influence peddling. Many of those payments are confirmed by the Justice Department. 
um, in the second Hunter Biden indictment. He notes that he testified in September that in that impeachment hearing that the evidence had clearly passed the threshold of an inquiry at that time. And we've got more evidence since he's convinced that there is a very real and necessary move towards impeachment right now. This is without dispute. So what's going to happen now, and this is why Democrats are going to do the blah, blah, blah crap is that once an impeachment inquiry is voted on in the house, then justice department's going to have to come in and give the real info. Yep. Th- this same pattern played out with Nixon, by the way, it seemed, Oh, come on guys, you're going over. And then suddenly it became very compelling. Uh, this thing is not over with. And I think Jonathan Turley's instincts, which I have to trust more than some Democrats. Sure. Or Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> the America last milkers queen. Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it, you're, you're right. You know, you think back to, to Nixon and how that all started. It seemed like, especially in the mainstream media, essentially it was laughed off as a joke and, you know, fast forward a, a couple, however, and you see Nixon getting on Marine one, given the double victory symbol. So it's one of those things where, you know, this might hurt Joe Biden heading into next year's election cycle a lot more than it does actually with the impeachment again the senate is almost essentially even though if, if the evidence is be beyond reproach there's still a very slim chance that they would vote for his impeachment in the senate as well especially with chuck, chuck schumer being such a strong ally there which we're going to segue to now he was on the house floor on monday kind of hyping up a very big visit happening in washington dc noah's favorite european dictator was coming to town <laughs> jumpsuit and all he's got a new sweatshirt mm, you saw that right yeah. let's hear the senate majority leader Earlier today, warned military officers at the National Defense University that, quote, if there's anyone inspired by unresolved issues on Capitol Hill, it is just Putin and his sick clique. So, clique? if there's a word clique? for what we most need this week, the word is clique. to be serious about the task at hand. I thought he was going to rhyme there for a If second. Republicans in the Senate do not show they're serious about finalizing an agreement for the national security package, Vladimir Putin is going to walk through Ukraine and right through Europe. Both parties understand that aiding Ukraine and resisting Putin are critical for our national security. But Republicans, and only Republicans, are holding everything up because of unrealistic, maximalist demands on the border. Last week, we put forth a serious bill to address our national security needs. No, they didn't. The package mm-hmm. included robust border security provisions. <laughs> robust. Republicans rejected it out of hand, demanding their way or the highway, even though they were offered an amendment of their choosing. And they'd only need 11 Democrats to go along. This posture is unserious. Again, Republicans, and only Republicans, are holding everything up because of unrealistic, maximalist demands on the border. I want to be very clear. Democrats very much want an agreement if possible. We talked all weekend with our Republican counterparts to find some kind of agreement. We talked again earlier today. We are not there yet, but as a sign of good faith, Democrats are going to keep trying. If Republicans keep insisting on Donald Trump's border policies, then they will be at fault when a deal for aid to Ukraine, Israel, and humanitarian aid to Gaza fall apart. You mean the stuff that was working? The onus is on Republicans to show they're willing to moderate. And we'll leave it at that. Guys, (laughs) wherever you're listening to the show today, doesn't 
matter what platform it is, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, make sure you subscribe to the show. helps us out so much in the Apple Top 100. Massages the algorithms, brings us up in the suggestions for your favorite political podcast. In addition to that, social media, Twitter getter, True Social, and Instagram. Find the Steak for Breakfast accounts. Follow us and hit the notification bell. So that was Chuck Schumer right there. Obviously, there was a couple uh, words within the words. Obviously, you guys all heard that he was kind of challenging uh, Speaker Johnson's youth and inexperience with the gavel. And then tying all of that every few sentences to Trump-era policies, which is the play for Democrats right now. They make it seem like, you know, they profess that Donald Trump's border policies were insane and inhumane. And now they're trying to tie that to Mike Johnson in regards to trying to strong arm him and House Republicans who have the slimmest of majorities now, especially slimmer after the Christmas season uh, gets underway here with trying to find any kind of workable resolution on border security. What do you guys think? You know, um, whenever a Democrat, particularly Chuck Schumer ever says, and Republicans need to moderate, <laughs> what they need is you need to totally, what they mean is you need to totally cave mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. what we demand. I mean, that, that that's the only moderation that exists with Democrats, and Republicans often give in to it. You were right to scoff at the statement that that it was, uh, you know, they were had strong border security. They didn't. They totally gutted H.R. 2, which is the bill that was the model for that. They gutted it, and, and, and Republicans called them out on that. Secondly, um, listen, when you're talking about a national security bill, when you're talking about the Ukraine funding, well, who's national security? Right. Well, really, nobody's because that's not even for Ukraine's national security. I mean, where the freak is that money going to? Yeah, it's going to some war footing. It's not entirely. There are a lot of questions about where that money's going, and it, they don't want to address it. And to be candid, when you go back to March, I think, of last year, like a year, almost two years ago, uh, and the fact that there was a very substantive peace deal on the table. Biden didn't want it, and he sent uh, Boris Johnson out there because Correct. he was too weak to walk downstairs to go cut it down. There, we got a huge problem with Ukraine. Forget this. I mean, this it's just a bunch of bogus lies. And what they want is military industrial complex money mm-hmm. to go to key contributors, and it stinks to high heaven. No, it certainly does. And, and monogram sweatshirts. Well, those yeah, two. that's right. <laughs> Don't forget the missus. She likes to shop at Tiffany's. Yeah, I think he might be trying to start his own like clothing company, like Ukrainian. Just ask for it. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. You know, there there was a post that went out today that there was a huge cyber attack. A lot of communications and, and most of the internet in the country of Ukraine was down. And I, I simply just stated, well, if, if the leader of the country was probably in country a little bit more than he is, instead of <laughs> flying around the world begging everybody for money, then maybe they won't have these problems or the intelligence would get to the top and he'd t- give them a you know better avenue to kind of deal with them. I question... Why is it we've got a world leader coming to lobby our Congress for money? That is a huge problem in my issue, in my opinion. And 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 right in the midst of what no one's mentioning here is Hunter Biden working out deals yeah. with nations uh, to in, get the influence of his dad all over the place. I mean, it just stinks to high heaven. No, it certainly does. I saw J.D. Vance jumped on with uh, Mr. Apparatus himself yesterday, Steve Bannon. His staff sent over the video clip. Let's hear it. 61 now, 
But just like Afghanistan, it's another 61 after that, another 61 after that. Correct? We're going to be a half a trillion dollars in this thing in, in before Trump gets back to office. Oh, absolutely. We're going to be asked to rebuild their entire country. That's after funding another $100, $200 billion in military conflict. There's $300 billion on top of that to rebuild the country. Then we got to pay for their pensioners. We're getting easily a half a trillion dollars in the hole for the Ukraine conflict yep. by the time this is done. And Steve, at the very same time, you have people in this town saying we need to cut Social Security. There are people who would cut Social Security, throw our grandparents into poverty. Why? So that one of Zelensky's ministers can buy a bigger yacht? Kiss my ass, Steve. It's not happening. Mm, I love J.D. Vance. Mm. We're going to get him on the show eventually. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, J.D. Vance's staff was sending me video clips from, you know, he was on with Jake Tapper the other day. They're like, hey, if you want to use this on the show, I was like, hey, listen, we love it here in the center on the show. I'm going to keep bothering Luke, who's his chief of staff. Uh, you know, up until we get to him on the show and, and he joins Senator Tuberville and soon to be Senator Cruz will be uh, great friends at stake for breakfast. Guys, we're getting ready to wrap here in this segment. I think uh, we need to end it on a little bit of a light note because here's the thing. This whole thing is a mess. J.D. Vance, you know, he hypothesized half a trillion dollars and Steve Bannon seemed to agree with him there. We're already past a quarter of a trillion when you talk about cash, aid, funding, military equipment, etc. Plus all the money that's been laundered through the European Union as well. I saw one of the best in the business, Trey Fanzer memes, put out a heater yesterday. Noah, you're going to love his voice impersonation of the Ukrainian dictator <laughs> as he goes up to Capitol Hill and challenges the House and Senate for a little bit more cash. Let's check it out. Thank you, thank you. As I told General Austin, I have come here for a re-up of cash. <laughs> I brought the coke, I brought the hookers, I brought the kickbacks. Now, where is my money? I need it to buy another yacht. I mean, uh fund the war to fight against democracy. Delete the yacht part. I have dirt on all Washington politicians, and I will release unless I get my money. Do you want your sons and daughters sent to the war? What do you think of that one? That's not bad. Not bad at all. Jim, this has been awesome having you in for a segment today. Things fly by pretty quick here on Steak for Breakfast. I wish it was a Twitter space where we could go up to eight hours, but we do want to have everyone that's listening to the show today and, and like what they heard and want to help support you be able to find you. So why don't you tell our listenership a little bit of a non-shameless plug where they could find you. Sure. Go to locatejim.com. You can find out everything about me. By the way, as you guys know, I'm now the CEO of American Blockchain Pack. I'll be advocating for uh, blockchain legislation in D.C. and We'll get, be getting involved in campaigns. So AmericanBlockchainPack.org. And I want to leave you with this one thought. In 2020, China's entire military budget, at least as reported by China, we don't know if it's true, was $237 billion. And we're up to nearly a quarter billion with Ukraine just this year. Just FYI, just a little factoid. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely wild and crazy. Uh, just as terrific as when you join us on the show, Jim. You don't join us enough, but we will be sure to have you back in January. We'll try to do a little bit of a longer segment for you, and we definitely appreciate all the wisdom and commentary that you brought to the show today. This is the former chief of staff at Capitol Hill. This guy does a whole bunch more. Mr. Jim Paff, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining me today. And again, uh, go to locatejim.com to find out more things that I'm doing, including American Blockchain Pack, and you can go to AmericanBlockchainPack, org, and get more information there. Look forward to seeing you next time.